gun Ramos looking like he's got one more good run Sips a little shaky But his heart is still true Oh how that dog loves hunting with me and you Sporting dog adventures run The Sporting Dog Adventures podcast is proudly brought to you by Soggy Acres Retrievers. Remember, everyone deserves a Soggy Dog. Welcome to Sporting Dog Adventures. Today, we have a show that we're going to do with my lovely wife, Kate. And we thought a good show would be titled, How Do I Pick a Dog Food? Because there are so many options out there. So picking a dog food is, it's, it's something that if you look at it from a marketing standpoint, you think like you find the best food. And sometimes they are very good foods, but a lot of times they're not. So picking a dog food really comes down to research and looking at ingredients. So Kate, you are the one that picks out most of the uh, foods and supplements for our fur babies and the dogs that we have in for training. What do you look for in a food? I'm the doggy dietitian. Doggy dietitian. <laughs> the doggy dietitian. Informally trained, of course. I would say when we're looking for food, yes, like you said, you do your research and actually look at the ingredients on the ingredient list on the bag because a lot of times, as you were saying, it's more marketing than anything else. They're, of course, going to tell you it's the greatest food ever. Um, but if it's purporting to do X, Y, and Z and you look at the ingredient list and nothing on that ingredients actually gives those effects, then it's just marketing. You're not actually getting what you think you're getting. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is just seeing how your dog does on a food. We can tell you, you know, that whatever brand is the best food ever. and We've had great luck with it with our dogs. But if you try it and either your dog doesn't like it, your dog gains too much weight, your dog doesn't maintain weight, your dog has digestive issues, coat issues, whatever it is. It doesn't matter if it worked for our dogs. It has to work for your dog. So sometimes it's a bit of trial and error. Um, obviously, when you're trying different foods, you're going to want to transition between foods if you have to properly, where you're doing kind of a 50-50 mix and then switching them over to the new food you want to try. But um, yeah, being educated and looking at the actual ingredients, that's the first thing. And then just watching your dog, you know, seeing how they, they do on it would be the second thing. So, yeah, we worked, obviously, with the television show with several companies. And there are certain companies out there in the market that it might be a $50 bag of dog food, but they have 38 of those dollars are because of marketing. They aren't putting quality ingredients in. And that wasn't any of the ones we worked with. But there are dog foods out there that put all of their prices is basically marketing. The first thing you're going to look at is your protein level and then your fat level. And it used to be that all puppy foods were in the 32 to 34% protein level and a very high fat content. So you had dogs that were growing at this astronomical rate and there were issues with their joint uh, their joints, um, their their growth plates, and the vets would say you really need to slow them down, and that was especially evident with dogs that were large breed dogs, like a Labrador Retriever, like we breed. They just put on mass too fast, basically, um, which is part of the reason why with the food that we currently serve the dogs as pups, 
we transition them over to adult food um, if it seems appropriate when they're six months of age instead of older. Yeah, your 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 vet clinics and your dog food companies are all going to tell you that you should feed a dog puppy food for a year, year and a half of its life because it has all this extra stuff. Well, the dogs also grow at an incredibly fast rate. We run about, I think, 25% OF excellent on our Labrador Retrievers. We have very good lines, but the average is like 6 or 8% that are excellent. And when it comes down to it, in my opinion, it just comes down to growth. That being when I told my vet that I was feeding 26% protein to a puppy, they said, well, you really should have them on a 30%. And I said, well, okay, well, what's the reasoning behind that? My vet said, well, they're not going to be full grown until they're probably a year to a year and a quarter. And I asked, is that a problem? How is that going to be an issue? Well, I guess it really wouldn't pose an issue. And there may be something that a vet could tell you that that would be a possible negative, but there's also positives. If a dog grows slower, their joint plates are going to be proper and their joints are going to be tighter just because you've got slower growth. In my opinion, a lot of it comes down to your dog being at a good weight on good nutrition and not having too, too, too fast of a growth to have good solid hip joints. And when I posed that to the vet, they, they really didn't argue it. They said they couldn't argue what my logic was. And my logic came from breeders that had mentored me in the past. And it's work. We have, like you said, a, a proven track rate of, you know, excellent hips from the OFA on your dogs. That being said, this is a truth for large breed dogs. I, of course, um, on a personal non-business related level, I have chihuahuas. No, they're called rats. <laughs> or the rats, as he likes to call them, the rats. My chihuahuas, I have two chihuahuas. Their nutritional needs are entirely different. So, you know, when we're telling you about protein levels and things that are appropriate for breeds, we're speaking more to large breeds, Labrador retrievers, things like that. But the breed dog you have may be different. The protein needs for a chihuahua and many other very small breed dogs is incredibly high. It's similar to that of a cat. We're talking 30 to 40%, you know, minimum. I think my girls are on like a 40, it's a 40 some percent protein product right now. And they're two years old and that's appropriate. And they're not heavy at all. In fact, they, they tend to err on the side of skinny probably because, you know, they're so active. But so, you know, when we're speaking about protein levels, you know, make sure it's appropriate for the breed of dog that you have. One other thing that I've always done is you get into dogs being incredibly active or they're running competition or whether they are um, just just during hunting season, during a really active time, people will switch them over to that higher calorie, higher protein food. I don't, I still, I still err on the side of keeping them at about a 26% protein level because I look at it as I can just give them an extra cup. I don't need to up the the quality or the not the quality or the the uh, concentration of protein or the, the the composition of the food I just keep them on the same food year round and give them extra during the hunting season we do keep our dogs very thin so you do have to keep an eye on it because if a dog gets very thin it takes a long time to put weight back on them and it seems like they go from at a good weight to very thin overnight when they're really, really during an active stage. So you have to keep that in mind and you have to adjust accordingly with your foods. But we've had two dogs now that when they were older, 
had issues with their kidneys and much of it was age but then when they have issues when they're kid with their kidneys when they're older dogs we're talking over 10 years old you have to transition them to a lower protein food so again i'm looking at it and going well kidneys they don't get made sick they basically just wear out if you keep a dog at a lower protein food in my mind that is going to be less stress on their kidneys while they're going throughout their age. So that's what we do also. That I guess is probably a little different than what you might hear other people do. But again, it seems to work because for the most part, we've had excellent luck with longevity. And I'm sure that is because we aren't hammering their kidneys with these high protein levels throughout the entire duration of their life. And knock on wood, we haven't had ACL issues. Um, Again, we keep our dogs very thin. We don't let them grow at an astronomic rate. And we keep them very, you basically can see the dog's last rib and you can feel the ribs if you rub their side. The University of Wisconsin uh, up here by our house has a study that they're doing on genetic traits of ACLs. And they've actually asked to study our dogs because we've got so many older dogs that have not had issues. And it's 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 something where I, you get into you know, the, the politics of everything. I've told them they could, they could grab a uh, vet clinic down here and do the x-rays. They obviously want us to bring them up there. I just don't have time, but I still, I look at the propensity of ACL issues and I think much of it has to do with slowing their growth rate and having them at a good weight and having them on a good nutrient rich food. Mm -hmm. And being able to feed that same thing consistently is not just good for their joints, it's good for their digestive tract. Obviously, if you're consistent, you're eliminating any sort of um, digestive upset. You're eliminating any possibility of introducing an allergen into their diet, you know, something that wasn't there before, and all of a sudden, you know, it doesn't work. So, yeah, consistency is good. Um, It's very easy to tweak the amount of food up and down. Like you said, if their activity level goes up, you can give them a little bit more. If they're getting a little slower or they're older or they're just less active, you can kind of tweak it a little bit down, and you know exactly how their body is going to respond to that food. So, again, we are... Just to recap, we start our dogs on a puppy food that's a 30% protein, probably a 20% fat, and then at six months of age, we are switching to a a food that is going to be in that 26% protein range and probably between a 14 and 18% fat, depending on the food. It has worked for us, and that is obviously I'm not a vet. I'm just telling you my experience that we have used for the last 20 to 25 years with our dogs. But that has worked for us, and it's also kept us away from having to transition back and forth during season. Yep. Good solid food. Stick with it. Just tweak it as you need up and down on quantity, and your dog should be happy and healthy. Thank you so much for tuning into this segment. Next, we're going to have a training tip followed by a hunting tip after this. This portion of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Boucher Automotive in Janesville, Wisconsin. Hey, welcome back to the show. On today's training tip, I wanted to talk about teaching your puppy to kennel using a food treat. Now, this is something that is very simple, and the kennel command and having a puppy in a kennel is, in my opinion, instrumental in the puppy's growth and training. We use a crate for potty training. We also use a crate for an area where the puppy has their place in an area for a timeout. When my kids were younger, I always told them to stay away from the crate because that's where the puppy got to hang out. That was their space. When they needed a break, they would go in there. Door open, not closed, but they would go in there. 
it worked out really well because dogs like to have a safe area in a very loud or wild situation. Uh, if they're uncomfortable, they will go to their crate. I still remember a lot of times when we were traveling with the TV show where Rommel would sit in a crate with the door open in a hotel room because he just wasn't crazy about being in the hotel room. He got over that later in life and uh, decided that the bed was better, but he would have the crate where he could hang out. So anyway, back to the training tip. When you are going to teach a puppy kennel, we're again going to use our kibble that we're feeding them because it's calorically controlled and we know what we're giving them. And we are going to simply throw a piece of food after they realize it's in our hand into a crate or kennel and tell them kennel. The puppy, of course, will bound in because they love food. You may have to throw it in a few times and give them a few extra motivators to go in. But once you do this for about three days, the puppy will automatically go in and turn around and wait for a treat. At this point, you're gonna give them the treat, and eventually, within a couple of weeks, we're going to slowly wean the puppy off of a treat for when they go in kennel and change it with praise, where we tell them good dog and love up on them. So again, show the puppy of a piece of food, throw it into the crate, tell them kennel, the puppy will go in the kennel. Very simple way to teach them this all-important command. I hope this training tip helps. Stay tuned for more after this. This part of the podcast is brought to you proudly by Mech Outdoors. Welcome back to the show. On today's hunting tip, I wanted to talk about clothing. I finally gave in to the, I guess, weakness in my, my mind and went to a heated vest and coat for when I am out hunting. I will tell you that this ad has been one of the best things I've ever hunted in and added to my repertoire. Having a heated vest really will make my deer hunting better and did make my deer hunting better, but I am looking forward to using this waterfall now. So looking at clothing, there is so much technology out there. There are so many things you can add to your clothing repertoire, but just realize It has held up, it's durable, I use it for dog training, and it is something that I can tell you will make my hunting much more pleasant and allow me to stay in the field for longer periods of time. So go over your hunting, it's the off season, go over your hunting clothing, find new gear that you could possibly add, you don't have to break the bank, but add new gear that will help you so that you enjoy your time in the field. That's it for this week's show. I want to thank you all for coming by. God bless. And also, if you have the ability, please give us a five-star rating, thumbs up, rate our podcast high on whatever platform you're on, and share it with your friends. This is how we're going to make it grow, and how we're going to give our love of dogs to more people. Thank you so much. Take care. Sporting dog adventures run, boy, run. Everything you need is here under the sun